There was a guy whose costume was a flasher, which was really off-putting. Yeah. He had a girlfriend who kept calling him Babe. <laughs> like, hey, Babe. Which again, no, no shame on that. But maybe it was she weird. was trying to make it clear that he wasn't as creepy. She was like, "This uh, man that's, has, this man has that's life. kind of what I think was happening. Like she knew that it was a weird decision because he had like a gigantic, like hand sewn stuffed penis attached to a nude bodysuit. Um, that he, that like this thing was like yep. a foot long. You're like, oh Christ, this is. Didn't he do the the classic uh, three pairs of pantyhose? Mm-hmm. One pair oh, you wear yeah, normally. Yeah. One pair you just put over your left leg. One pair you put out just over your right leg, and then you stuff the middle this two is legs a together. Thing. Wow, I didn't. Know. It was pretty detailed. Uh, fake penis. <laughs> it had a foreskin. It was just, just like, <laughs> just like weirdly, weirdly mechanical. Could you imagine? Uh, in my mind, I'm thinking it's crocheted for whatever reason, <laughs> and I'm thinking, can you crochet a foreskin? <laughs> I mean, you can do anything with thread. You can. Me, you can do whatever yarn. you want. I certainly can. I don't know how can to crochet. You, can you oh, well. crochet a turtleneck? You sure can. I think I just answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Happy Halloween, boys and ghouls. Ooh. 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 I'm Scary Johnston, Ooh. and I'm here with my coven of fellow oracles. Andrew Clawford. <laughs> Kelly Coven, t- what? Was Cronity. It? Cronity, sorry. <laughs> we Say, I, heard this. Come sorry. Oh. Uh, I went back no, to no. Coven. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted a fidelity of a mid-90s McDonald's Happy Meal Halloween commercial when you got the trick-or-treat buckets, Ooh. and now it's all shot to hell. Now it's just a plastic sorry. bag full of delicious candy. It works just as well. Now you have to use a pillowcase. Sorry. You're honest, though? I, my preferred method when I was a kid. Yeah, I had I mean, buckets. You, I had pillowcases. The The weight of the pillowcase is what's satisfying. Plus, you get to swing it around. Yeah. If there are fun. actual creepers, whack. <laughs> boom. As you're, you're walking, As you're walking to the forehouse, it's just like, yippee-ki, yay! <laughs> I, listeners, I famously do not like trick-or-treating, and as a child, would hit about six houses and then walk home by myself. I conveniently forget that you don't really like Halloween in general. No, I don't. I conveniently I like forget that every year, because I am a Halloween person. I choose, I consciously block that out, because I, you know, like, I care about your emotional needs most of the time. Not right now. So. Yes. I I'm here to meet your Halloween needs right now. That's right. You, you can meet my Christmas you needs don't later this year. Oh. Hate Halloween. No. Mm. I like but I also, candy. You're but not a, I also you're like Grinch in that respect. But I also like Christmas. What's a holiday you like that I don't like? St. Patrick's Day. Because <laughs> you're Irish. <laughs> Real dig deep. Really <laughs> deep dig on that joke. I, I actually am not. I'm, I'm not that fond of. No, it's Patrick's it's mostly Day. just gross. Yeah. Um, I, no, I had to step over too much green vomit. Oh God. Oh man, do you guys didn't see a few weeks back at the. Uh, at the, I was walking back from the farmer's market and somebody had full on puked in front of the public house, like oh, all over the sidewalk. No. And I was just like, I'm just going to hop over this yeah. and continue on my way to get some vegetables. Yeah. Can we bring some flowers over uh-huh. here? Yeah. Oh, it was on my way back, too. Oh, <laughs> man. There wasn't someone to sprinkle some, uh, some sawdust on there. Did your schools do fun things for Halloween? Mmm. I mean, almost certainly, but I do not remember what they are. Yeah. Halloween dances, I guess. No. I can't remember anything specifically. I'm sure there was like witch theme, like bat themed things. There definitely probably wasn't witch themed things. Mm. Our Texas middle, uh, elementary school, 
Not about witches. Not about witches. <laughs> could not do a witch. Nope. No you could do a ghost. You could do... I think you could literally do the devil, but you could well, not do the, the I've, witch. I've got a point of order. Point of order. <laughs> I, I might be over-exaggerating. I mean, Maybe like devils weren't cool either. Well, I mean, like, devils were. have always been cool, but that just feels like a sexist application of scary things. Yeah, I would agree with that. No witches. They're like ghosts. If it has a really tall, pointy hat, that's fine. But it was because it was in the middle of satanic... You probably couldn't do devils. It was in the middle oh, yeah. of satanic panic, so brides of Satan, you couldn't have I that. fully did not mm-hmm. laugh at my KKK joke. Whatever. Wait, what? I missed it. <laughs> Ghosts with a long pointy hat. Oh. <laughs> oh! Yes, no, that's, I mean, freedom of speech. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. Oh, yeah, it's more totally important fine. than... Totally fine. All the kids, like, come in these, like, little, that's my daddy's outfit. <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> I found this in the closet. Oy, oy, oy. Along with, like, seven guns. <laughs> um, but Oof. I remember uh, we always, there was always an enormous, enormous, well, it seemed to me at the time, although it was small, but, um, Halloween carnival at my oh. elementary school, and okay. they, we always did confetti eggs. That was the big deal. Do you guys have you guys ever done a confetti no, egg? You've described no. them to me at least. Also, it is <laughs> using the verb do a confetti egg is wild to me. Go yeah. please. Have you ever experienced a confetti? Egg? No. <laughs> it is an eggshell, like a real yeah. eggshell, and I guess like parents would get together and they would like do them the way they do those Russian eggs. Oh, like the blown. Oh, okay. Eggs? What yeah. are those things called? Um, I don't know. Do not remember. My mom was into them. I should, I should know, but uh, yeah, like, whatever. You know, Those beautifully painted artistic eggs. eggs, yeah. And they, you know, they'd make a hole in each end yeah. of it, and then blow out the eggs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they would, one of the holes would be big enough to stick a little paper cone into, and then they would feed confetti into it after they had dried. Hmm. And then you run around and you crack these eggs on each other, and confetti flies everywhere. That is very that fun. That sounds like it the is most fun. The most fun. And the best part about it was so you'd play like carnival games and you could get tickets and you could get cartons of confetti eggs with your tickets. Ooh. This is a truly wild. How did these parents spend their days? Yeah. I don't know. Oh I mean, God. you can buy them commercially. Okay. I, I feel like they were made, but they might not have been. I've seen them around Easter up here, huh. but it was definitely a Halloween thing. Like that huh. was like a part of like the tr- the trick part was the confetti eggs. Yeah. I don't think we did fairs like that when I was a kid, but one time we did do a fair for some reason and I won three cakes in a cakewalk. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah, no one stopped me. No, we, no one was like, someone shouldn't give three whole cakes to this eight-year-old child. This boy doesn't need three cakes. Um, but Halloween, Halloween is a fun time. I like Halloween. That's great, yeah. Um, and I've we've call, come together today to discuss... Under this full moon? Under the full moon. <laughs> is it a full moon? No, it's actually um, 3.30 p.m. Mm. on a Sunday, but... We're gonna it's pretend. definitely not. I noticed that it's a beautiful... Mercury is retrograde. Is it? No, that's not totally... Till on Halloween. Halloween. On Halloween. Oh, yeah. We've gathered oh, together... Time machine. Oy. On this... Under this full... This Halloween full moon. Mercury's in retrograde. Come you lie from a field of corn. <laughs> Bunch of kids everywhere. It's super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a corn. Why are we yeah. not a graveyard? The sound is... I mean, you don't know what's buried in a cornfield. It's weirder. It's a field of corn. It could be be a graveyard slash cornfield. Coming to you live from Forest Home Cemetery. (laughs) Right outside the Blatz Blatz (laughs) crematorium. Here we are. Here we are. We each have our own individual cauldrons to sip from. (laughs) Just bubbling away. Yeah. Um... (laughs) <laughs> to talk about for a Halloween episode. And this uh, time we're doing horror hosts. Do you guys know what a horror host... Did you guys know... Now you know, but did you guys know what a horror host I, was before this? I knew that periodically in movies from the 80s, I'm thinking particularly Gremlins 2 and things like that, you saw there was a character type that was the like beleaguered old horror host. 
And I knew I had that cultural image in mind. And I was just aware of Elvira, too, because I'm a, a man who was born in the mid 80s. And you just, that leaves an imprint on your, your formative brain. You um, saw you I, saw those Budweiser cutouts at your grocery store. <laughs> absolutely. You were like, I'm drawn to this. Yeah, something about <laughs> is this, this is compelling. <laughs> hmm. um, but yeah, I didn't really like I, I going into this didn't have a full appreciation. Now I'm a little bit obsessed. <laughs> Yeah, Kelly. So. Any concept of horror history? No. Um, I mean, I knew who Elvira, Elvira was, but I kind of—I feel like I knew about horror hosts, but I didn't. I definitely didn't have this knowledge of like why they came about and that yes. part. Mm-hmm. And once I once I like started to learn that about this, I fell down a full rabbit hole, and I would like to—I would like to speak to it a little Take bit. Take us on a journey. So, horror hostery started. In the late 50s. I believe it's um, Ghosting with the Mosting. Ghosting with the Mosting started (laughs) in the late 50s. And the reason for that was because, right, TV was a wildly successful product that was literally starving for content, right? If you had all these little local stations popped up and they weren't making Leave it to Beaver, right? And there wasn't much of that anyway either to license. And they had to fill time, right? Mm -hmm. So in 1957... Um, Screen Gems released the Shock Theater Package, hmm. which was 52, so a full year's full worth year. of weekly content okay. of uh, Universal's pulpiest B-movies from the 30s and 40s. Hmm. And basically any station could afford it. It was very, very inexpensive license to buy. So this included uh, a lot of classics like, um, or a few classics like Bela Lugosi's uh, Dracula, there was good stuff here that people would probably want to watch anyway, but most of it was to- like turkeys, like bad, bad movies. And so different stations basically arrived at the same idea independently of each other, huh. which was we need something that will beef this up and make it better. Yep. And this host idea started. So there was it's it, there were kind of two different reasons for them. On the one hand. They weren't sure with, like, the good movies if it was okay to show them on TV because TV hadn't been around very long. And the things that were on TV were, you know, like, nice and safe, like Leave it to Beaver and cigarette commercials. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't know. Sponsored by cigarettes. Right, but there weren't horror horror TV shows. Uh. They didn't really know. And so they were a little nervous about putting actual scary content on television. So they were like, well, maybe we'll have this host be sort of like the built-in buddy to break the tension and like remind okay. the viewer that like this is okay like, we're not in more reality the still exists <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and kind of ground them and and mock the movies make fun mm. of them if they were bad right yeah and then two you could also for like films that are really unwatchable the host would add intrigue and draw the viewer into this weird little world that would make them still watch, even though it was a bad movie. Yeah. And so they, they needed to be, it needed to like kind of walk this line between being a refuge from scares, but also being injecting like a secondary source of like rowdy, thrilly energy, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Um, and basically, what these people were doing was creating a culture of ironic movie watching at home 
when watching a movie at home was a completely novel experience. Yeah. Yes. Like at the, at the outset of like which that, is wild. Like, which is amazing. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. We, just, we just we went straight past sincerity yeah. <laughs> directly into just full right. on and right uh, and nobody in yeah. the 50s had seen these movies. Like it's yeah. like it's a wonderful life bullshit. Let's watch <laughs> yeah. some let's watch some pulpy shit. <laughs> let's watch some let's stupid movies. She octopuses from Planet 9 or something like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and a lot of these people had never seen these movies before. So it also and there was of course no like we just totally forget, right? But, like, mm-hmm. there was no information about this. If, if a movie came out in the 30s, the only way to see it would be when it was in theaters, which most of these people to, weren't alive to for be, that. Yeah, to be alive in the, in the 30s, 30s and have a nickel. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, like, a lot of this, these also, there's, like, kind of an educational element here. Mm-hmm. Like, not everybody knew who Bela Lugosi was, so you needed someone to be like, this is Bela Lugosi. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's cool. So it's, like, kind of a, a big combination of things, and I feel like knowing that helps me understand why these people were the way that they were and why they chose to do what they did. It is so fascinating to see, like, honestly, like, and not to get too tangential, but, you know, a little bit, um, to to observe the way that, like, generations of people engage with previous generations media in the 20th century. Because, like, you know, I think for us, um, uh, speaking for myself at least, I I find a lot of um, satisfaction and sort of comfort is the wrong word. I I gain a lot of joy from particularly, like, sort of schlocky, uh, movies from the time when I was a child, like 80s, early 90s, bad sci-fi, bad horror movies. And you see clearly the people who made those movies were inspired by this type yeah. of media. But they clearly stayed up on Friday nights, watched these movies, and that's why there is a horror host in Gremlins 2. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this sort of is an yeah. indelible and cultural image. And that's why Sharknado exists. No, precisely. Like, it's just, I mean, it's yeah. just like, and that's like, why, Honestly, yeah. there's like a straight line between those two things, basically. Right back to it. Also, yeah. it's funny to think, I think we, we perceive, we are sort of taught to perceive all black and white media as being sort of like the same time period, but actually, no, like, huge, huge, huge shifts. difference, yeah. a huge long period, and also, like, almost all the way up to the 60s, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, basically, from like the 20s to the 60s. Yeah. I think it's even longer than it's that. It's like, yeah, the earlier stuff was in like the. I, th- I can't remember um, the earliest, but like, it, it's like 20th century, let's just say. Like, mm-hmm. do you know if any of these movies from the 30s survive? Um, I think from these, yeah, like Bela Lugosi yeah. stuff is from yeah. the 30s. I, I just know that there was like a huge fire. So this oh, film was yeah. made on oh. silver nitrate. Uh, yeah. For our listeners who probably don't know, silver nitrate burns really easily. Even underwater. Even underwater, it produces oxygen as it burns. So it creates these really wild fires. You can smell it. Um, like, like you can, like, you know, things are about to go because you can smell them. The way you stop it is you get it cold. Uh, how we do that, Wisconsin, is you put it outside in winter. Hmm. Liter- if it's if literally it's, how if it's summer, are- you just find the one person in the building who is eating uh, a custard cone, and you just <laughs> dunk it right in there. Well, <laughs> so as you know, UWM took over a hospital, uh, and they, they would were, run into the morgue. They were trying to decide what to do with the oh morgue, and the archives claimed the morgue so that they For could their keep silver nitrate. Silver nitrate wow. set up. Um, that's Very what I last cool. heard. I don't know if they that's actually. Amazing. I mean, definitely there were things that were totally lost. And yes, actually, there was like a huge fire in the seventies that we lost like most of the stuff from the thirties. Yeah, which is like a lot of the stuff is lost. I mean, like yeah. we have the, we have the things that we consider classic, and yes. how much of it is because it was actually the best stuff, and how much of it was because <laughs> the ladies were sexy. The well, and it's what lasted. Yeah, yeah right? the, like the, if you don't it have it anymore, the, uh, the the Schlock Library of Alexandria burning down. Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, a lot of these clips that we pulled that I pulled were. Um, they're hard to find because yeah. these I, things yeah. this was a cheap enterprise so so they did not they did not put it they did not shoot it on stuff that lasted a long time yeah 
or if it did last a long time, they taped over it the next week. Yeah. Yes. Like that, as we get down into the 80s, that's definitely that's the case. That's why we don't have any of the early Monty Python stuff. Oh, that's yeah. what they did. Just tape right over it. Or like all the early Doctor Who's, which is like yeah. it's crazy mm-hmm. to consider right now. Like, all, like large chunks of that. I think that's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> I prefer early Doctor Who because it's not honestly, <laughs> Probably, actually, it's honestly fine that we don't have early <laughs> Monty Python's too. Yeah. That's probably very fine. Totally fine. But it is interesting to think about now, like we don't, you know, everything is everything is we save everything. Yeah. Everything goes to yeah. the cloud, and it's all saved forever. Um, yeah, like ostensibly, pending pending the, the absence of total societal collapse, anything we do or make will be preserved forever. At least in theory. In theory, in theory. yeah, longer than until Google starts like being like, well, you we got to give us a couple of dollars to get your shit back, to access all your. We need things. to record over your memories. What? Yeah. Whoa! Uh, yeah, weird. There's Black Mirror about that. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know if there should, but there should be. be. Yeah. There should. Be. I guarantee you, with that sight and scene, there definitely is. <laughs> there definitely is. Carly um, Brooker. Yeah. I know. If, if I find one next yeah. season, there's one. Suing, suing, suing. Um, so let's get into our first one on the let's list. Who is, uh, I would say, one of the two most famous, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We're going to bookend this with the two fam- most famous. And this is Vampira. I would also say maybe the, like, first. first. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. So like Forerunner. If you, so if you do yeah. the math here, right? So that came out in 57. <clears throat> she was on, like, the forefront of this because yes. this only ran from, like, 57 to 58. So she was one of the first people they tapped to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she was in L.A., so it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Who, who would have thought this crazy-looking woman? <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's wow. so crazy-looking. She was simultaneously so gorgeous and so terrifying. And it's Malia. No, uh, it's Maila. Maila? Nermi, yeah. yeah. Nermi? Okay. Yeah. I, knew, I knew Nermi, but Maila. Yeah. So Maila was a runaway um, who basically came to L.A. and, like, did the, the L.A. thing. She was a model... No one was paying her any money to do any of it, really. Yep. But she just like kept trying to like. She had like a few little bit parts. Like, she had moderate, moderate, modest success. But she kind of she needed she needed some economic stability. And one of the ways she did that was um, she married her first husband, who was named uh, Dean Reisner, who was a former uh, silent actor star from his childhood mm. um, and went on to write the screenplay for uh, Dirty Harry um, and play Misty for me. Oh, really big Clint Eastwood fan then. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess. And, and like other things as well. But those are his two famous yeah. ones. So, but she hated, she hated being married and she hated kind of like waiting around. Um, she was a hat check girl at this time. She hated it. She wanted to do something big. And her first big scheme Thank God Vampire sort of panned out because her first big scheme <laughs> was she wanted to um, have a um, glamorous 30s evangelical <laughs> <laughs> ver- like a, like persona that she could go out and like call herself Sister Saint Sister Saint Francis and basically run like an evangelical car- carnival and go around the world like claiming world peace <laughs> and um, putting on displays of psychic ability. <laughs> so cool. she tried that went the exact opposite direction. So she was like <laughs> she she didn't quite figure it out before Pat Roberts. <laughs> exactly. No, but so so she always kind of had this like weird like and and clearly she did not believe any of this stuff like right it yeah. was a yeah. charles charlatan it would be a charlatan endeavor. So she always had this sort of um weird sense of humor 
about the world. Mm-hmm. But she liked mysticism and she liked... I bet she would have really great poodle skirts. I'm sure oh, she did. Shit, I'm yeah. sure she did. <laughs> yeah. um, but she unfortunately never got the capital up to do this endeavor. So instead, she became vampire vampira. Um, and the way she did that was she... Uh, I did not know this until I started looking into her past, but apparently the Adams family of the famous... Da-da-da-da-da fame <laughs> um, were a cartoon were a New Yorker cartoon first and uh, the then Morticia Adams character she was not named she was an un- they, none of them had names yeah. when they were cartoons um, was very famous people liked her and um, Nermi dressed up like her and went to a famous uh, very campy very gay 50s Halloween party sounds great in <laughs> the Hollywood Hills and she met uh Joel Stromberg, who was the eventual producer of the Vampira show, and he was like, "I love, I love everything that you're doing. You, I've just gotten this package of a bunch of really terrible black and white movies. Would you please introduce them? Would you host them?" And so she did. Um, and the way she did it was each show would begin. We saw this in our clips. Yep. She mm. would glide up this long, misty hallway um, in her vampira dress, which was very close to Morticia Adams, right? It's like a black yes. figure hugging dress. I mean, and, hu- hugging is an, is an understatement. Yeah. I think. Just and like she would have an insane yeah. cinched waist. Yeah. yeah. Her, you could put your hands around her waist. She claims <laughs> that she holds the Guinness Book uh, World Record for the smallest waist while cinched. I don't know if that's true. I don't or know not. if that's true, but. I but mean, when like, you see her, yep. it is startling. When you see her, you're sure that if she were to bend the waist, she would snap in half. Yeah. Yes. It is that startling. Um, and when she got to the end of the hallway, she would kind of come out of her like dreamy trance and uh, give a loud, long, piercing scream. And I enjoyed see- hearing that at work. <laughs> and then smile and say, screaming relaxes me so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so you're right. Um, and then she would basically fart around uh, her little like fake um, Dra- Dracula's daughter, uh, Mary Tyler Moore apartment. Yes, <laughs> and talk to you about the movie. So she had like this Victoria double-ended sofa, which they just like hot glued skulls to. Nice. That she um, definitely had to like lounge across. Right. That she there was, was like no sitting upright. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Um, and she'd introduce the movie of the night. Sometimes she would play with her pet spy- spider named Rolo. Um, there was a, she had a, like a family of camera of ghosts that she would talk to off camera. Um, she would always kind of make fun of the advertiser for the evening. Um, and of course, she would make her special vampira cocktails at her poison bar. Hmm. People loved it. And yeah. then 30 years later, we got the cure, <laughs> basically. <laughs> The band, the yeah, the cure, yeah, yeah, because like, I mean, yeah, it's this, this, it's, it is fascinating that this is basically the birth of like the forerunner of what would become like actual goth. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, like, she this, kind of, I mean, like, right, yeah. she was inspired by yeah these these car this cartoon, but at the same or this comic, but at the same time, like she, she created this. She, yeah, she yeah. created it, like she like lifted it off the page and like made it put definitely put in like what we consider standard goth things now. Mm-hmm. Um. People loved her show. She was instantly basically a star um, and completed a full season of this, was on, was like getting offered, um, you know, like getting offered a bigger contract, a big raise and all those things. And then her friend James Dean died. Her good friend James Dean. Yes. 
And people basically were like, she put a curse on him. <laughs> Though actually, as we all know, is this haunted car, which if you are curious to learn more about, check out last year's Halloween episode, <laughs> Haunted Objects. Yep. Mm. And Call back. despite <laughs> her popularity, she and the station really didn't get along. Like she was kind of a performance artist. She wanted to push this character even further, mm. toe the line even further, be more, be more on the edge. And they really wanted it to be clear that she was like a normal housewife. Who she wanted like to play Dreddy Boosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But they wanted to like, they yeah. wanted her to be like um, the happy housewife who just plays dress up on the weekends and yes. has like whimsical. And that wasn't really what she was willing to do. And so the combination of those things where she was trouble for them to work with. Right, because she mm. had vision, yeah. and they didn't like that. Yes, and the controversy about James Dean death basically meant that they canceled her show. Wild. Which Jesus? Come yeah. <laughs> um. So afterwards, she lived with her mother and just collected unemployment benefits for like ten years, and then in the sixties, she became a tile contractor. Huh. And she installed tiles in people's houses. Uh, but she always was. She always was cool. I mean, like people but knew she, who her vampire vampire was. If so. you like imagine that woman with that waist <laughs> installing tile, oh my, I'm, just, I'm like, sure she wasn't cinch. I'm sure yeah, she wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, where would you find a work belt like that? I mean, it's like yeah, six inches. Just that's, to buy three times off a doll, three times around. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but uh, she I mean, uses of course, her hips as storage shelves because they're just like flat. <laughs> of top, course, yeah. she always like traded on this because it was it was always a cool thing that she did. Um, <laughs> she used to hang out with the misfits in the 80s awesome. um, yeah. in West Hollywood. She lived in Hollywood for the rest of her life. Um, and uh, unfortunately, she was working on a memoir that would never get published mm. when at the time of her death when she was 85. But. It would have been interesting. Yeah, she's so, seen an interesting side of Hollywood for sure. Also, like, what would, what do you think the branding was like for her tiling business? Just like, <laughs> I mean, certainly it's very like um, cemetery themed, I guess. Like, what's under your floorboards? I'll find out. Ooh, mm. yeah. Right. She only sold blood red tile. Or black, please. Or black. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, nothing Not was ever white. Too, no white God, subway no. tile. Nothing was ever too dusty or musty. You know. Used a lot of dead stock. <laughs> oh. 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 Um, what did you make of, of Vampira? I love her. She's, She's really great. I, yeah, and generally inspired. Like I, I, I have, I have no jokes to say because I'm just like generally blown away learning about this woman and what she did and the legacy she created. And she's not. She's campy, but she's not as campy as some of them. Like, Mm -hmm. I can believe that this is a real person. Yeah. Yes. Like, there are people in the world who I'm like, yeah, I could see. Yeah. Yeah. They go to their poison bar. Sure. Yeah. Yes. No, she definitely made it, sold it and seemed really believable, which is surprising because a lot of them talk about how, like, she did not write her own scripts. Mm. Yeah. She actually reads off teleprompters when Mm. she's performing. Interesting. Which, I would not have expected that. It no, she, she did cold reads. So she would not see the script. She would come on and then she would perform. But that's even more impressive. But yeah. she oh said it was God, because yeah. of her slow pace, it was okay. Because that mm. was like such a part of her character. Oh, yeah. yeah. That like she could read the teleprompter and then like think, think about, about how it. she wanted to like present it and then do it. But yeah. you would not guess that. It seems no. totally off the cuff. I also think we have to acknowledge that like honestly, like, spooky things existed before. 
but the way she approached it in the context she was working was truly like an original thing. Like that character was, I mean, obviously based on Morticia Adams, but like the way she brought life to it made it its own sort of cultural icon. Her look icon. was based on Morticia Adams. But she was her own yeah. thing. And that was And she also amazing. changed it up. Like yeah. Morticia Adams is like more of, more gaunt. She yeah. had like, she she did the first big boobs thing. Yeah. yeah. And like was, was a little bit more um, sexy, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, big fan. Uh, what do you have for categories? I based it off of uh, the immortal Mean Girls uh, and kind of got stuck in the idea of that she's like kind of like this sexy character, but maybe not. But, you know, I don't know. So I just called it. I'm a mouse. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. She's a goth. Duh. She's like, I'm a goth. Duh. Nice. I, um, so I think I was inspired by I, I thought it was OK. This is a woman who. Um, was really like ruled with has sort of a regal quality and was in charge. Uh, let's just say ruled at the outset of a, of what would become sort of a larger cultural movement going ahead. Um, and I thought, who else in history is like this? And I, immediately my mind went to uh, Queen Elizabeth the First. Weirdly enough, because again, like you know, Queen of England at the inception of the British Empire, sort of you know, they kind of dress the same. Yeah, similar styles. <laughs> um, and I, I recall that uh, Elizabeth the First uh, was also referred to as Gloriana. So I went as my category. Goriana. Oh, <laughs> do you have so. all spooky? Um, uh, ha- ish. both have all Halloween. Yeah, oh yeah, spooky. they're like mildly spooky. Yeah, 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 kind of. Yeah, I I tried. They're yeah. they're they're not spooky, but they are all uh, vaguely. Eh, one of them's not Halloweeny, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about dressing up. Ooh. I really focused on so t- a lot of people when they talk about her are like she was so sexy. Yeah. And she was, for sure. She was a pinup girl. Mm-hmm. That was like what she did. What's what, That's what quote unquote modeling was. Yeah. Um, but she's also like scary. Oh, yeah. And yes. when I think about other women at this time, I mean, like th- there are other examples of this. But like when you think about like Marilyn Monroe, this is the diametric opposite of way to be sexy. So yeah. Marilyn Monroe, you can tell is smart, <laughs> but she pretends to be dumb. Mm-hmm. Yes. For men. Yeah. Vampira is sexy to the same degree, I would say, as Marilyn Monroe physically, mm. right? Definitely but similar level. Right? But she pretends yeah. to be really weird <laughs> to be sexy to men. That's what's like intriguing is like yeah. the other thing. But it's like it's an intimidation tactic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really cool way to go about it. So I called it perversion subversion, colon, too cool for ghouls. Oh. <laughs> She's before her time. Yeah. Mm. I feel like that one goes to you, Mary. Thank you. Uh-huh. Perversion, subversion, perversion, subversion. Okay, moving <laughs> right along. Um, now we're going to uh, WXI, WXIX, Cincinnati in the 70s. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I love the Midwestern turn this list takes. We start off like, not, again, like, again, I have a deep love for the Midwest. I, I voluntarily these choose guys to live were, here. But there's something that's like so fascinating to see how it's something in the very course of like 20 these, years, these guys were this changes. Every Everywhere, there are a lot of them are in the Midwest. Yeah. Yes, like, yep, like yep, yep. it's not that they were only in the Midwest. <laughs> a lot of the really funny ones. There's were a great in the density of of horror hosts in the Midwest, and oof, thank God. <laughs> um, so this is the cool ghoul, a uh, one Dick Vaughn apparently is pronounced Hane. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled H O E N E. Hayne. Okay, that seems like a lie. I'm sorry. But that's what they say. Dick. Um, This guy was a radio announcer. Yeah, as you probably could tell. Yeah. In the 60s. And uh, there was a show, Bob Smith's Monster Mash, <laughs> which I guess played 
like had like was like a morning talk show, but had monsters as the hosts. <laughs> sure, and that's where he developed the idea of the cool cool. <laughs> um, and uh, when he started working in television, he had to start like thinking. You know, he so then he so he started in radio. Then he moved to television. He was living in Cincinnati. They needed a horror host. He had this character of the cool ghoul that was very popular. And he was like, well, I'll just bring... Which I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll just bring this character to life on on screen. But unlike Vampire, he was like, I'm going to make this very silly. So it's not scary for people. <laughs> um, so the way... What he would wear all the time was basically he would have like really cartoony like ghoul makeup like a white face oh, yeah. and like black eyes and then he would wear uh, a red skull cap kind of thing over a bright orange wig mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of like stuck out like straw and um, um, it looked very um, riffraff from, yes. yes it does but but color different mm-hmm. and so he found this wig the reason he got this wig is because it was, he got it for an absolute steal and later he would find out that um that the costumer, uh, Dana Bruce, got it for so cheap because it was actually the back half of a wig that was made, not worn at the time of, but was made for someone who died in a car crash. So what they did was they just, when she was laying in the coffin, just cut the front half of the wig off and put that on her, in her coffin. And then they had this extra back piece. So that's why he has to wear the cap. Because it's just the back half of a wig. Oh my god. Cool, 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 cool. I mean, like, I mean, like really cool, con- cool. contextually, like, great. Yep. I mean, it added yep. a lot to the character to have a dead person's hair on the back of your head. But he didn't uh, know. It's, it, it's, just, it's, it just so happened to be. It was a dead person's mullet, <laughs> a.k.a. a skullet? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So this guy Ooh. did, I would say, what is the most normal, like, common <laughs> thing for these people, for core The most contextually do. normal thing. Right? He didn't have a, he didn't have, like, a ton of shtick. He just was his character and he would introduce what the movie was going to be about with minimal information about what the movie was mm. and uh, in his radio announcer voice. Yes. And he also had a catchphrase, which was <laughs> yeesh. His catchphrase is doing bad cunnilingus in the air, basically. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch him do it, it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Which is really crazy to me. So, like, when I watch this, this is, like, some of the least charismatic performance that I've seen. It's it's differently charismatic because it's, like, he's clearly a man who's, like, he's radio charismatic. Yeah. Not TV charismatic. It's just it's just weird to see. Um not just because he looks like a gray meatball. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean, like, right, there was, this was like the most low budge that it was. There yeah. were no staff writers. He performed, he did everything he did off the himself. cuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, it lacks, but people loved him. People I don't get that. Loved yeah. him. Um, he released, after he was off the air for a while, he released a novelty parody album <laughs> of a 1920s standard called Has Anyone Seen My Gal? Except he called this 10 foot two eyes of glue. Has anyone seen my ghoul? And people loved it. I don't understand. You know, you know who Cincinnati. I don't think like lo- Cincinnati exactly. Right. You know what I bet didn't love it? Everyone who was in those commercials with him who looks so uncomfortable. But they loved it too. They were just like, I remember I felt so bad for that woman from like 1977. who was just <laughs> kind of like, hi, I'm hi. here with the cool ghoul. And he's just like, hey. 
hey, it's me. You're like, oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. Also, you could tell that was made for radio. Oh, yeah. When you see the... When you see it, too, it's not... You're like, yep, a, nope. It's Yikes. a bit visceral. Hey. Um, quite, he quite has, ghoulish. He had a family and a daughter who I read yeah. an interview with. Um, and she said... Uh, <laughs> she's taken up the wig. <laughs> um, and she said that he took this character pretty seriously. Like, if you... He always referred to the ghoul as the third person. Like I need to get, I need to get into into like I'm gonna be the ghoul, mm-hmm. um, and clarified that it was a character he played, not him. Mm-hmm. Unlike Vampira, who was like, I am Vampira. This yes, is yeah. this is who I am. Um, and when people would stop to uh, stop on the street and be like, I want to take a picture with you, when he was out of makeup, he like wouldn't do. They'd be like, please do the the catchphrase or the the voice, and he'd be like, No, I'm not. I'm not the ghoul right now. Yeah. So I can't do it. Um, apparently he was pretty like disciplined and strict hmm. as a person um, and was like very into good manners and those sorts of things which is funny for a horror host to be in for, yeah. for a cool ghoul to be like because you know what's the opposite of cool manners <laughs> yeah but he, his daughter said um, he did teach us about makeup since he wore more than my mom yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, which like funny joke but also like his application of makeup is not isn't that great? Standard, my, I guess. One of my favorite takes of the new Joker movie is everybody who's like, God damn, man, don't know how to do makeup. <laughs> 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 he dyed his hair He dyed his hair from black to green. He didn't lighten it at all. And it just just kind of vaguely spished some, di- some dye up there. Yeah, it'll work. Oh Thought God. it would work. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This takes work, people. <laughs> takes work. Men. Gentlemen. Um, ghouls. Ghouls. Cooler otherwise. After the, uh, he must have just been a really charismatic person in person, mm-hmm. I assume. If you can tell so many people that you're not going to take a photo with them, even though you're the cool ghoul, which is, again, deeply uncool thing to do. Yes. you got to be got to be charismatic about But it. he was a news director for a while after really? he was the ghoul. Okay. They brought him back, so he must have been great to work with. Hmm. Additionally, um, he also hosted, uh, North, so Cincinnati's like right on the edge of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He hosted uh, Northern Kentucky Magazine, which con- confusingly enough, it took me time to figure this out was basically like a periodical where he would just like interview really big celebrities like chubby checker (laughs) (laughs) sure um and uh and have them like come and like experience northern kentucky and be like this is the best coney i've ever had like that kind of thing um and they had like no budget to do this basically his daughter was like he was really good at like talking to people and like would convince chubby checker to come to cincinnati slash northern kentucky did and, he like, did walk he make on the boardwalk them eat all of uh or drink that awful soda that you made me drink Oh, LA one. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's from um, Cincinnati. He probably no, doesn't have a taste for it. Northern, to, that's not Northern Kentucky. You have to be from Kentucky to drink that, even though it tastes terrible to everybody. It's everyone in my workplace liked it. Me liked it, and it blew my. That's mind. crazy. <laughs> They're lying to you. True point. No, I don't think that they are. Um. So the cool girl. What do we think? I so I think I mean this is an obvious choice. I picked up on the fact that like this man is cool. He's interesting because he's a synthesis of two sort of things that don't exist anymore: the charismatic like radio disc jockey kind of character, and also like the horror host. Like you just don't see those, and it's what makes him stand out from the crowd. Well, there, there's someone else kind of like this too. We'll come to in a second, but like who um, his distinguishing factor is like he, this is that hybrid quality. So I went with uh, for mine uh, not coast to coast AM, which of course is a show where. Uh, people calling with conspiracy theories and shit spooky things i went with ghost to ghost am nice yeah. i like that there you go um 
I I feel like the cool ghoul gives me like you're like oh hey cool ghoul hey. when you're stuck talking to him at like a happy hour you're like hi <laughs> but I do believe that he gives off energy of being a genuinely nice person like I think he probably like on his way out it's like I'll cover the group tab like pays yeah. for everyone's bar bill mm-hmm. probably like mows his elderly neighbor's lawn every summer just like does it like that's kind of the en- the energy I get from him but he's nobody's favorite person yes although apparently in real life he was everybody's favorite person they're wrong I, that's just not the energy I get from watching the cool girl now um, mm-hmm. but he just he seems like a prototypical like uncle figure like everybody has an uncle like this and you gotta invite him to all so Thanksgiving even though he's like not he <laughs> loves Halloween he's yeah. gotta kind of be the cool girl <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so I called him a fester by any other name uh, oh. would still be an uncle <laughs> lovely oh, okay okay uh, I kind of picked up on the fact that the costume really did the heavy lifting. There's not, there wasn't a lot of character hmm. to yes, the Yes, I would agree with that, yes. Uh, the, you know, he he just, it was very straight. It was a costume that was doing the heavy lifting and his, like, gross, bad cunnilingus. Uh, <laughs> so it kind of got me down this train of thought of uh, men who go out for Halloween with their girlfriends and their girlfriend does all the heavy lifting on on the costume and then he's just kind of along Hmm. and i think the best representation of this was very popular last year and it's the hashtag no filter where the girl does her makeup beautifully and is usually wearing some kind of headpiece and she's the filter and then her boyfriend's wearing a matching outfit looking like himself and it says no filter that's a brilliant observation. So, I love I that. Absolutely. I think that that's, that's the category. Absolutely. The Thank you. That's fantastic. That's perfect. Thank Dudes you. be lazy. What the hell? I, that's, you know, that's no good. It's one of those things where I like saw that and I was like, the first one I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. And then you saw it and you're just like, come on, that's just lazy. <laughs> but also, like, isn't that like truly the spirit of Halloween? You see one costume, you go, what a fun idea. What a fun idea. Oh my that. God. And then you see it 20,000 times later and you're like, God, so the, originality is dead. Yeah. I got to be, I had the, the very special opportunity to be in a room with someone who was dressed like Beyonce dressed as a bee. <laughs> when they realized that there were four other people oh. at their company dressed like Beyonce, dressed like a bee. Mm. That was a special time. It was a, yeah. yeah. That was a special time. I remember when I was working at a store that sold um, like vintage clothing and also like Halloween stuff. Pops Resale, Lexington, Kentucky. Great stop. Check it out. Um, I remember one time a woman came in to buy peacock feathers. She's like, you think anybody else is going to become as a peacock for Halloween? It's like literally every other person <laughs> literally, literally every other person that looks exactly like you is gonna do that and gonna, yeah. her face just dropped and i felt so bad did you tell her literally everybody's well, gonna be no a I, I, I said like i've been, people have been a lot coming of peacock in. feathers i would say like i think I, I can't remember how i framed it it was probably not as polite as i wish i could have framed it but it wasn't but it wasn't like you're dumb uh, i wasn't like cheaply and original but yeah she, she was clearly a little bit like shook by <laughs> by that revelation so <laughs> The Beyonce thing. That's that's so Beyonce. specific though. And amazing. Um yeah, it's 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 way I mean, you can be a peacock in a in a flock, but Oh yeah. To, to be a hive of Beyonce is not as cool. Though the beehive. It could work actually. Yeah. 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 It'd be a good group costume actually. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. It would be. If you could mash it up with the movie B movie. Oh my god. And be those be those characters dressed as Beyonce dressed What's as the deal with all these single ladies? <laughs> it's stealing! A lot of stealing! That movie is crazy. Oh, um, all right. Let's stay pretty much in the Midwest. Is Kansas in the Midwest? Yeah. Yes. 
Kansas. Well, this is not Kansas. This is Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri. Missouri. Kelly, you would know. You would know. I think it's. It's not the Great Lakes. It's like the edge. Yeah, I I consider Missouri the South, but people from Missouri consider themselves Midwest, and people from Wisconsin are Northern there. So, which is it's not a region. It's Midwest. No, not Great Lakes. Yes, Great Plains, not Great Lakes. Yeah, sure. Mm. Um, great, great ribs, not great legs. <laughs> oh, what else is Kansas City known for? Music, right? Yeah, they have a good art museum. Hmm. Kansas City. Who knew? They also for they a Lego while, Land. <laughs> for a while in the 1980s, <laughs> KSHB had Cremacia Mortem Oof. doing creature feature. Um, full spoiler alert, she is my favorite person on this list. <laughs> yeah, she is, I, I would argue, like, clearly, objectively, like, the best person on this list. I, I was a little, like, I, at first I was like, okay, but, like, after watching, like, two eclipses, I was sold forever, and I will always now be a Cremation Mortem fan for the rest of my life. She, reading about her made me be like, what do I even think I'm doing doing a podcast? So, <laughs> she uh, went to school. When she was in, in college, she was getting um, a degree Steve's in girl. radio. Oh, I, really? I don't think so. I, I think she went to public university. She was, uh, got her degree in um, broadcasting. Yeah. Right? And um, started as a morning radio host. And then in what she calls a weird and wonderful career cul-de-sac, she spent nine <laughs> years being Cremacia yeah. and hosting Creature Features. So the Creature Features set was just kind of this like black backdrop with like a couple of shelves that they would just like put whatever like knickknacks they could find that they were like, this is spooky. So some of it was like skulls, but some of it also was just like, here's a old-fashioned wine <laughs> goblet. Like, it's very, it's very oh, funny. I just, yeah. I, got a, I got an immediate image like doing that now. It's like, here's a weird wine glass we found that said, uh, eat, pray, love. Yeah. Oh, and we, really put, we put like flesh as a sticker. Now they'd be totally eat, eat set. Fresh, eat, flay, love. <laughs> but now, now they'd be totally set because uh, like Target has everything they need oh, absolutely. for the set. Yeah. But like, but then it was sort of like, oh, it's like a, Pumpkin. Done. Creepy. Yeah. Um, Sidebar, and then, I will be copywriting the Eat Flay Love. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> don't steal don't that. Don't steal, steal it. Yeah. Um, and then, next Halloween. <laughs> and then Cremata would uh, emerge from this cardboard coffin <laughs> and then walk barefoot. Barefoot was one of her trademarks. Sure. Um, to a large, um, one of those wicker like peacock chairs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then she would just preside over the B, fe- the B movie <laughs> that was being featured that day. You can uh, be friends with her on uh, LinkedIn if you want. Really? Oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to. Oh my God. I actually might be on and then be like, we love you, listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and give us pointers because you've done this for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, what I loved about Cremata was that she had that, like, aristocratic, <laughs> weird English accent. Yes. And, like, had just, like, an air of authority. She talked to, I watched um, a documentary about horror hosts, and she talked about it in it, that it was really fun because, like, right, she was still pretty young when she was doing this. And she was like, when I was in character, like, people treated me with such reverence and respect. Like, it was like she, like, <laughs> demanded respect from people. Um, and I think she kind of, like, she's obviously sexy, too. Like, she's wearing a corset. But, like, it's not her main thing, no. yeah. I would say. Yeah. Like, she's more, like, kooky mm-hmm. yes. than sexy, for sure. 
it's like that was the like the, the implicit uniform, I guess, for lack of a less better. Like that's what yeah. was expected, but she just like that wasn't the point. Right. It well, it's yeah. sort of yeah. Like she's just like she's wearing like creepy clothing, but it's not. Yeah. Like it's not like Victorian garb. No. <laughs> no. 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 And it's not as like uh, clingy. I would say no. It is like corset from Kmart, maybe. I don't know. Like. Yeah, you're like a casual Kmart course. Like, you get every, every sexy person in the Midwest has... We like, want her to listen to her podcast. Stop saying oh, she's no. wearing a girdle. <laughs> I, um, I said Kmart cor- uh, corset. <laughs> Kelly you know, said girdle. <laughs> I would say that course, she... A girdle and a corset are kind of the same thing. Like, let's, I, it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so what do you think, Mike, are? But I would say that she, like, kind of leaned more into the kookiness. Like, she would answer fan mail. I watched a clip of her getting invited to a fan's baby shower. Oh, my God. <laughs> and oh, then yeah. all these little like weird baby and she's like I love a baby shower and then suddenly all these like weird babies start raining down from the sky and I mean like she did like she did like weird gags and just was like just like remained unflappable through all of it I watched one where she's talking and there's like this rubber hand on like a (laughs) wire that's like jittering across the table and then suddenly she just like pulls out a nail and hammer and nails it to the table and is like stop distracting me while I'm trying to work like <laughs> it that was That's her funny. deal yeah and it was very funny it was very funny and it was it was good enough she could kind of keep that going there were no other people who did this with her she mm-hmm. never had guests it was always her um she was good enough to do this because the the only mandate was she had to fill half an hour of content because the films that they had, they would cut down to an hour and a half, and this was a two-hour slot. Hmm. Did they not do commercials? They did. Com- I, mean, yeah. I mean, they did, but, like, you know, it was, get, like, yes, it was yes, loose. Yes. And also, this is the 80s, so, like, the commercial spot was, like, two minutes worth of content. <laughs> I don't know which one of it this... It might have been this one, where it uh, gave us just, like, the tiniest bit of an 80s commercial, and I was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. Pleased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so pleased. So pleased. So pleased. Yeah. It wasn't even a douche commercial. Um, <laughs> she was not entirely an improvist. <laughs> Some of them were. She was not. Um, she, But she would write her own sort of like loose outline and then like connect it on the fly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. some of it was scripted, some of it wasn't, but it was always her original work. Um, she is still alive, which is delightful. A lot of these people are not. Um, and from what I saw, still working. Still working. Mm. So right now she does like voiceover uh, work for everybody. She does like narration and voice spots for Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Late Late Show with James Corden, ESPN, Animal Planet, PBS, Smithsonian Channel, Nat, Nat Geo, and movie trailers. Huh. And she's she, kind of wild. Like, yeah. Yep. We probably know her voice. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we've definitely yeah. heard her voice before. She's on some sort of, she's on a public, um, she, for a very long time, she was a mem- like a cast member on a public radio um, comedy show huh. called Right Between the Ears. Hmm. She was on for a long time. And uh, she just did her 14th season doing um, vocal work for um, a Kansas City football radio network. Nice. Sure. We can listen to as podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Cremacia Mortem. What do we got? I mean, beyond the fact that she's like the best, um, I went with, uh, because I feel like, you know, this list is booking with people who are like more famous than Cremacia Mortem. But you are a fool <laughs> if you're looking at Horror Host and you overlook this fantastic woman. I mean, honestly, like, if you, again, I'm biased because if you like this show, then you'll love, like, our show. You'll, you'll love, love her woman. type of humor. Yeah. It's like, 
that, but spookier and often better. <laughs> but no, I, so, you. I, I'm sorry. No. I, I, I went with, uh, so I went with my, as my category, uh, leave no gravestone unturned. Like don't, don't sleep Beautiful. on cremacia mortem. Well, she herself has said, so she still gets recognized and people still like, like her and she goes to horror conventions mm-hmm. and things like that. And, uh, someone once asked her what, uh, what she was, what mm. kind of a ghoul she was. Yeah. Like, is she a vampire? Is she, like, the undead? And she was like, well, I think I'm the thing that won't die because <laughs> she has staying power <laughs> to this day. Nice. <laughs> to be fair, you could probably do this still. Just, like, do it on YouTube. Oh, there are absolutely still horror hosts. Not very many women. It's mostly weird dudes. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, I called this category, uh, I just love her name, so I just called it Drag the Name. Mm-hmm. It is a drag queen version of a horror host. Mm. I like that a lot. Um, she also reminded me of someone you would want to be your relative. I oh, kept yeah. like kind of like playing around with like, but she's not like, like not everybody has an, it's not like a cool goal. Not everybody has an aunt that's like this necessarily. She's older. She's like a distant cousin <laughs> yeah. or, or ca- something like characters that. Characters in children's books have aunts like this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She's like a prime of Miss Jean Brody, mm, uh, yeah. an Annie Mame, that yes. kind of yes. figure. Um, but weirder. And uh, so I called it Skeletons in the Closet, uh, colon, the biggest Edie. Because she reminds me of the Edies from Great <laughs> So she's not big Edie. She's the big, she's the one that came a couple of generations <laughs> before oh, Edie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is somehow still alive. Yep. I think that one goes too. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably my best category. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also one of my one-offs, obviously. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I like this one too. So next we are going to Columbus. We're back to Ohio. <laughs> People in Ohio, Ohio loved horror history. Like being astronauts, <laughs> making bicycles, <laughs> and being horror hosts. WBNS in the 70s through the 90s. They also like terrible chili. Let's point that out as well. <laughs> they like to put chocolate in. It's weird. Well, Gross. that's really more the cool, cool scene. Columbus <laughs> doesn't necessarily go in for that. Hmm. Um in the 70s and the 90s, there was a every night of the week for a while. There was a show called uh, Night Owl Theater. And for a very long time, it was presided over by Frederick C. Preenboom. Preenboom, <laughs> I assume. It has a lot of ease. Yeah, um, and But I'm going to call him Fritz because name that's is way easier. Mostly vowels. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's the opposite of like, uh, sort of like weird uh, European ancestry names. Yeah. Do you know what that is? That's a native sun alert. He is a Wisconsinite. Oh, really? Oh. From Nakusa? N E K O O S A? I need to see it. I can't see. I've ever heard of it. It's at the very top of his thing. Yeah, I'd probably say Nakuza. Nakuza? Nakuza, Wisconsin. But ooh. I, I, yeah, but he never Wisconsin did any of his... Wisconsin loves the ooh sound. He never, did any of the, he never did any of his horror hostry here, unfortunately. Oh. Hateful. Um, he, <laughs> he moved to Columbus, Ohio. So um, he got his start in ra- his radio career because um, he joined uh, <laughs> the U.S. Army Signal Corps mm-hmm. And, like, learned all this stuff, but then got an honorable discharge. Huh. Didn't love it, mm. but it was okay. Um, but he was th- like, I'd rather not go to Vietnam. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But he worked um, specifically in the Signal Corps' um, pictorial center, which is something I did not know. 
<laughs> um, which was for a while located in uh, a New York City facility. This is like when Paramount kind of mm, got mixed okay. up in the army. Gotcha. So he worked there. Um, and he narrated, acted in, and wrote um, army promotional material and huh. training films. That's <laughs> what he did. Um, and this is actually why he had the, like, special effects ability that he did he learned that uh, here or at least okay. like got a taste that's, for that's it it's really fascinating here um so night owl theater uh started in 72 he was not a born like in it it was completely unhosted and what would happen is um on this was when it was once a week on saturday nights they would show a movie and the little interstitials before the commercial breaks would be like a tiny like like 10 second cartoon of, a, of these little owl creatures engaging in late night activities. <laughs> ooh la which, la. Ooh la la. <laughs> but not really. But they were mostly doing things with the examples they gave were like coming home from a date, mm-hmm. fixing a snack, sleeping in an easy chair, that kind of thing. It's your version of uh, Elf on a Shelf. Where it's Elf on the Shelf does whatever you're doing that evening. <laughs> exactly. Elf on the Shelf paying the bills. Right, 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 right. Um, and uh, so... In a way, it was implying, like, who were the night owls? We were the night owls watching the movie. Watching the movie. Interesting. So they wanted to get someone to do some narration work for it. They wanted basically to, like, show this cartoon and have someone say, like, you know, we'll be right back after these messages, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And they hired Fritz to do it. And he did not like that the announcer on programs like that never engaged with the movie that they were watching. They think it's weird to be like, we'll be back with the man with the atomic brain right after all these words. Like, that's a weird thing. Like, why would you not engage? Especially if you're doing it. Well, it's funny. Like, in a vacuum, that's not super weird. But given the history of, like, again, ironic TV enjoyment in this context, it's super weird. Like, why would you? Yeah, that's that's what that is. That's the whole point. So he started to, like, it wasn't completely off the cuff because he would research the movie and Mm -hmm. watch it beforehand and, like, have notes. But he started ad-libbing history or like something cool about the actors or he would engage with the film and then be like we'll be right back yeah after that and viewers loved it and started calling all then started identifying him as the night owl and hmm. they knew that his name was Fre- they found out his name was frederick so they started calling the all the little owls fritz and then someone was like well maybe we can stop having these cartoons and we can just have fritz and he can be hmm. the night owl um so Fritz, uh, as they were developing the character, uh, somebody made him t- found a San a San Diego chicken costume <laughs> and retrofitted it as an owl. <laughs> sure, oh and we're like, you can wear this, and he was like, no. <laughs> he was like very obsessed with jazz, so he wanted to like. They were like, you can do whatever you want with this, so you can like play jazz records and tell people about films. That's totally cool. And he did not feel like he could do that in a cool way while dressed as a morphic owl. I mean, I mean, forget, the time Miles Davis dressed like Grimace from the McDonald's commercials for like two years, right? Like that's a thing you can do. That this is a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But so Dave Wagstaff was um, just a coworker. They knew he needed something that he could always wear, so he'd mm-hmm. be recognizable. They came up with these ideas, these glasses. Um, and Dave Wagstaff was a huge fan of Elton John, and he was like, "We're going to make you Elton John glasses, but are that are owly." Hmm. So he made these little plastic horns. 
um, and glued broken mirror bits to them. Yeah, they looked like they were covered in aluminum foil. Cool. <laughs> they broke mirror bits and then stuck them on the round glasses and painted the whole, like, painted all the seams black. Yeah. Um, and people loved these glasses. So the broken mirrors, not intentionally, but in practice, weren't quite the same. Like, they were different pieces. Like, the, like so one of them, one of them would reflect up and one of them would reflect down. Um. Like, they weren't, you know, like yeah. just because of how they were broken, right? And um, so, like, these broken mirrors would reflect out light back at the camera, but at odd angles and never predictably huh. because it was so weird. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, he would like, kind of, like, turn his head and they would, like, glint and um, people would uh, would call and write to Fritz and be like, was that a special effect? Did you really do what I saw last night? Like it was like a light show, <laughs> or have I scored something above and beyond? Huh. And Fritz would always say, probably both. <laughs> it is a special effect, but also, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the real cool thing about Fritz, and the crazy thing about Fritz, is that he uh, was so popular that they expanded it to a seven nights a week showing. That is <laughs> so wild. Oh my god! Yep. That was his full time job. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And from nineteen uh, and from nineteen seventy four to nineteen ninety one, he did this seven nights a week, which equals out to six thousand two hundred and five performances, consecutive performances. He ne- never had. They had to have pre-taped these. Yes, they are. Okay. They're not. Oh they're God. not live. Yeah. But like, so sh- right. So like, he must have had a day off. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. he did like, a lot of work. Yeah. Yes. Oh but, man. Like, there's no like there's no way there's writing and research and everything to be done. Yep. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he won five Emmys for it. Oh, good for him. Nice. <laughs> yeah, great. Good <laughs> yep. for him. That's I, I, I wasn't do... expecting to hear that, but yep. like, yeah. Um, and apparently he came back and did a sixth season in like kind of the early um, 2010s, and he won a, another uh, like his sixth Emmy for it. Wow. I don't have one Emmy. Yeah. I know, right? Get on that any board. <laughs> Council, <laughs> yeah, the Emmy Crucible. What? <laughs> so he showed all kinds of movies, um, but Friday night he always showed a scary movie, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's why we're talking about him. It was the Chiller, um, one of his favorite movies to show. So the, the movie is repeated because because that's like how the world 6, works. Yeah, thousand yeah. <laughs> nights of it. Yeah. Um, but he always did something new, and one of his favorite things to do was to come up with new things to do for the Blob. Um, I saw a clip where he's like. He's like lounging on a table and he's like slowly like has to like make himself smaller and smaller as clearly they've like overlaid images of red Over. jello <laughs> like coming in on him. Right. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, so good. Um and uh he tried a lot of like when you look at him now, obviously they're low budget, but he tried a lot of special effects for trippy visuals and scenarios. Like he would do a thing. He, they had this big owl sculpture, and he would like superimpose his mouth over the owl's beak, and the owl would be like this like looming weird figure, and then it would be like, next up we have Mash. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, which honestly, is funny. Total sidetrack. One thing we forgot to talk about with the cool ghoul is that his whole shtick was showing a horror movie, and then an episode of Mash, it called the Monster Mash. What? <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, like that's that's adherence to a theme, and I'm really like the. Sometimes the first idea isn't the best idea. That's all I'm gonna say about yeah. that. Uh, back to Fritz. Back <laughs> Fritz to Fritz. I will also say, as this is, I think the three to maybe four year anniversary of the classic phrase: "Get on theme or get the fuck out." <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm gonna say to you right now. Yeah. Monster Mash. We're gonna show Mash after Monsters. 
done. Monster mash. Yeah. Anyway. But Fritz um, was the only person who had complete creative control. He must have gotten help from other people, obviously. Yes. But he planned all the segments. He figured out how they were going to work. And I the, didn't think he was going to run the cameras himself. No. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. He wasn't a total one-man show. But he was pretty, he was pretty slow yeah. through. Um, and the only rules were he could do kind of whatever he wanted. So he got weird with it. Um, because the only thing he had to do was not swear and not run over time. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Cool. Honestly, like, what a golden age for very specific weird entertainment. Like, right now, like, you, you, can, you can be a YouTube star, like, on your own merit but like to, to have the backing of like an actual like a local, studio like a yeah, local, local tv studio be like yeah you know what just like whatever they just they just handed you over the studio up at yeah. tmj4 and they're just like yeah just yeah, you know, be, be you yeah like no swears keep your pants on don't go over time otherwise just go crazy and i think like there was nothing said about pants staying on i that was that you know <laughs> yeah. there was true, nothing true. No, no swears <laughs> i'm sure they <laughs> were like time. i don't want to see your dick but i bet if you showed up in boxers they would have been like Fine. yeah i mean it, it's still within the guidelines there definitely wasn't any rules over any um han solo inspired outfits based on what i saw <laughs> <laughs> there were a few of those yeah that's the these those by the lando calrissian code just wear mm-hmm. han solo's clothing actually <laughs> <laughs> without comment uh, uh, um, so, array for categories. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll leave this one off. <laughs> so, I love Fritz the Night Owl. Um, when I watch it, it it's like it's like a memory that's like so deep and forgotten. Like, I don't remember. I never saw him. Yes. But like mm-hmm. the time when you could do something like yeah. this, it's like a thing you don't miss until it's gone and you're reminded of it. Yeah. Suddenly, so I called it. Uh, it's, it's a similar feeling when I'm staying at a hotel and I need to call people staying in the room next to it, and I pick up the phone and I hear the <laughs> dial parenthetical bone tones, and I'm like, "Oh, I missed this. Oh, oh I remember this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yes, this is a mm. nice thing that used to exist in the world, mm. and it will never come back. No, probably. Yeah. No, there's no impetus for it to come back. Uh, I don't think this is totally fair to Fritz the Night Owl because I do not think he is. Uh, I do think it's the most memorable part of him, though. So I called him No Filter. Mm. Costume does a lot of the lifting here. True, but the costume is all—it is like the most fabulous pair of sunglasses. Yeah, made there. But I get. Well, you. it does yeah. the owl lifting. But it does. Yeah, now, but I... now you know that we're the nine owls. Yeah, yeah. and he's just like our, our avatar. Like, it just sort feels of a... gross <laughs> making him be in the same category as the cool ghoul. <laughs> yeah, because for the night owl is kind of cool. I had a similar. So spoilers. I had the exact. I also went with Ghost to Ghost AM because I think a lot of the the, the thriller is that sort of like nostalgic entity that is like the, the radio host. And the horror host synthesizing into one being, but yeah, the cool ghoul like gave me the shivers, and this guy, I want him to be like my best friend. We need to. <laughs> like, there needs to be. We need to make a category of like watching The Price Is Right when you're homesick from school. <laughs> like that's the same kind of feel. Like, I agree with Coast to Coast Am, although I think it's weird that he was not ever in radio. I thought he was a jazz DJ. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, he was. But he wasn't like he wasn't like. I think it's a difference. Like he was like a late night jazz DJ versus being like, hey, morning, morning. Uh, I like Ghost to Ghost AM. Yeah, Ghost to Ghost AM. Yeah, this one. Doing it. Um. Oh right. Ooh, we're about to get super weird. Sir oh Graves, ghastly. <laughs> I feel like I watched so many clips and I still don't even know what this man looks like, what his deal was, <laughs> what to think I, about it, but I love it. I literally think he is a precursor to Noel Fielding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He just is. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Or like a secret or an actual like, occult mastermind. Yeah. Like, one, one or the other. The two. Yeah, or both. Yeah. So his name is Lawson J. Deming. 
Um, he kind of could have run with that name, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty have. spooky, isn't it? He could have. Wait, wait, where was he? Oh, he's Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Mm. Um, so he always grew up in kind of gritty cities. He grew up in Cleveland um, and went to uh, Case Western Reserve, which, spoiler alert, is where my parents went to college. I was Whoa. like, ah, oh, they could have known him. No, not really. Wrong <laughs> uh-huh. time. Um, but he was uh, he was st- got started by being a puppeteer on a Cleveland chi- children's show called Woodrow the Wilson, the Woodsman. Woodrow the Wilson. Woodrow the Wilson. He's like, giving ladies the right to vote. <laughs> World War One sounds like a great idea. Um, uh, so, uh, so the puppeteer, he that kind was of, him getting hit by a brick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of learned like how these things worked. Uh, he worked on different voices. He did a bunch of voices for different animal characters on the show. Um, and uh, including, famously, including, including Millard the Fillmore. <laughs> well, Woodrow's might have been into this. He apparently stated that he could do over twenty-seven quote-unquote ethnic dialects. Ooh, just talking about their southern. They're, they're from Louisiana, he from means, Alabama. He's like, you should hear my Swedish voice. Yes. Or he's just like dialect in the strictest like like linguistic sense of the term where it's like, yeah, we're both speaking English, but just very variations thereof. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, not racist. Just like, this is what a Scottish person sounds like. You know? So um, the, uh, the Cleveland uh, TV station got bought out and like th- basically... Uh, Woodrow, the woodsman, was suddenly left um, without sponsorship. They canceled it, even though it was popular. He needed to get a cigarette company in there. There you go. And it was popular enough that uh, WJBK in Detroit picked it up. And once they got it in, they were like, hey, Lawson, you've been around this a long time. You're charismatic. You're interesting. We just lost our horror movie host in this all this kerfuffle. Would you do would you be a horror host? And he was like, absolutely. So he sat down with his longtime wife, Mary Rita, and they like tried out a bunch of stuff. And they basically wanted to create like a vampire character, but that was like kind of bad at being a vampire. <laughs> and like just like very goofy. So yeah. they came up with Sir Graves Ghastly. Mm. Um, and uh, he basically would like have like really a real strong brow. Yes. Real Eugene Levy, brow. if you will. <laughs> like, Eugene Levy, like, if you put some Latisse up there. Like, really strong brow. Um, a mustache and a goatee. And he, he he like, did. I don't think he invented it, but his laugh was the classic. <laughs> yes. That was his thing. Hmm. Um, and he his catch, catchphrase, like, sign-off was always, Happy haunting. But he certainly wasn't the only, but Sir Graves was certainly not the only character on the show, um, although Deming did all of the characters on the show, pretty much. <laughs> um, he had uh, he had a sidekick who was mute and wore a monk's outfit, hmm. um, so you could never see the face, and he would just kind of like shuffle around and do Graves' bidding. I don't know what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, Bring me a coney. <laughs> <laughs> the most the character that people care the most about uh, was the glob, mm-hmm. which was just uh, Lawson's face upside down, um, superimposed over the moon. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. And he would Again, paint. No field, no field. Yeah, yeah, and he would paint. I mean, yeah. But it was upside down, so he'd paint eyes and a nose on his chin. And then he would sing um, songs. <laughs> that was what the glob did. <laughs> um. He also had a character, this is my favorite character, 
real McCoy, who was a like very like not like the size of a lawn gnome, I think, judging okay. on looking at these, who would start actually like kicked off everything because he would dig up the movie reel from a fake cemetery at the beginning sure. of every episode. <laughs> so it was like a big like he was like when he held a movie reel, it was like a large like full size New York style pizza. Okay, that's yeah. how big he was. Um, and then Tilly Troll House, which was a uh, castle maid who um, was Sir Graves's girlfriend, and it was um, Deming and Drag doing a very low voice. Hmm. That was the gag. Sure. <laughs> and then um, sometimes I'm just like, how do these people? <laughs> I mean, just. <laughs> and then Sir Graves also had a German accent cousin named Baron Bugloff. <laughs> <laughs> The more we go on, I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, after you were making up all these terrible puns as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this ran for 15 seasons in Detroit. Oh, my God. Um, it was never picked up nationally. None of Mistake. Basically, none of these people were ever picked up nationally. <laughs> yeah. But this one had, like, very, it was, like, Detroit, it was Michigan and most, like, set, like de- around Detroit. And then a little bit in Canada, if you had bunny ears that were strong enough to pick it up. Because <laughs> Detroit's not that far from Canada. Yeah, I know. It's, it's on the border. Yeah. <laughs> He was a local celebrity for sure. This show, this show, oh, this is important. This show was on in the afternoons on Saturday. Huh. It was for kids. Huh. Really? Uh, kind of. I mean, okay. like adults liked okay. it too. But like they didn't show really gory, scary things. Just um, deeply bizarre. Yeah. Fascinating things. Yeah. I mean, they showed yeah. B movies, but now, now, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the 1950s anymore. So they felt Okay showing scary things on TV. Yeah. So it wasn't a they weren't like worried that Bella Lugosi would scare people. Wouldn't like come out of the set and yeah, attack you. <laughs> that train's coming for me. Oh no. Oh, no. We just yeah. don't understand <laughs> but how his, TV works. But his claim to fame was he was the number one top performing top watch program other than live sporting events. Oh my god. So it was like the Super Bowl Sir Graves Gasly in <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> I cannot even. <laughs> oh my lord, that is truly fascinating. I mean, like, yeah. again, golden age of weird media. Of, like, earnestly weird. Media. This is when you realize that, like, so many of the things. And I don't mean this to, to sort of like speed down to like a lot of like the weirder uh, media of the last like of our of our adulthood, I guess. But you realize like so many things that seem original and cool are just like pale imitations of. Like everything on Adult Swim is basically thing, yeah. everything on Adult Swim is basically a pale imitation of like this shit. Oh yeah, like, like local programming. That is an excellent point. And, and it's just yeah. like, and I don't mean that, that to like be critical because I mean everything should be inspired and like you know, mm-hmm. with the inspirations and such. I mean, but that, we're, but our, we're our, so our, far yeah. away from it that we don't even recognize. Yeah, we just yes. can't. We can't even appreciate that. Like this is not original. This is like an homage and a, or. This is an extension upon something that already exists. This is well, building upon a legacy. And also not, think about this. Yeah. I mean, like the whole idea of horror hostery and everything. Like people, I think, attribute that back to uh, Mystery Science Theater. Oh, exactly. But and they're they're doing a, yeah. a cheaper version of what these yeah. people did. Yeah, they're literally the only difference is that they don't stop making commentary. Well, and actually a lot of them, yeah. I don't remember also on robots, our list. I guess. Fritz yeah. definitely did it. Um, there's there are other famous horror hosts who would insert themselves into the movie. They Brilliant. would use extra special, oh, yeah. like early special effects, to make it look like they were like in the background of a scene or something <laughs> like that. That was not uncommon. Looking around, yeah, uh. yeah, not uncommon. Uh, yeah, I, th- what I like mystery science theater is definitely its own like genre of things. But the fact that people don't realize that that's like an homage to something always kind of yeah. bugs me. Like 
well, to me, it's just like, really? You never like, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't like it because I want to hear myself talk. <laughs> yes. But it's fun to watch if you're like by yourself and you don't have anyone to talk to. Absolutely. Fair. Also, I think that is a good, uh, like the Netflix versions are the ones where I'm like, maybe this doesn't actually work in, no this, more. in this century. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No uh, more. Like it's, it's just like not, it doesn't, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, categories. Drag the name. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. It is. Yep. Uh, I went leave no gravestone unturned because again, don't sleep on uh, graves ghastly. Yes. I still think cremation mortem is better. Yes. But... yes. More to my taste anyway. But but like I, again, I, apples and oranges. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he was not the only person that did it, but he's the only person on our list who has quite this rich of a world of characters. Mm. Like, he really built out... You have to if you're doing it yeah. for as long. Yeah. I, but, like, other people, no. They just... It was just them. So, but he, like, loved that. And I assume that's because he did the, like, children's theater. Like, oh, yeah. when you yeah. know that, you're like, oh, that's what it reminds me of, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, he, like, knew how to do puppets. And he could, like, do all that stuff. And he was interested in kind of creating these little universes. So, I called it Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh. Neighborhood. Neighborhood. Nice. What was yours again, Kelly? Drag the name. Drag the name. Hmm. Uh, I think Mary should get it, but I think Mary should be sanctioned and she should not do as many uh, single categories. Oh. Oh, you know what? I considered... I have I have two alternatives hmm. because I considered a Fester writing the name and Skeletons the Closet the same because they're both like family member tie. Hmm. Okay. But I should have connected them. And then my other, yeah. You know what? We'll, well, if you hate we'll that, it today. Well, if you hate that now, get ready to hate it further. Because I also have <laughs> 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 All right. So. That's not the point of this game. <laughs> I know. It was hard. It was hard. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Rounding up the list. We now have the one that I think everybody listening to knows. Yes. And maybe loves. It's Elvira. Hmm. In 1980s um, and then into the um, 2010s and in L.A. and nationally because she was such a big deal. So uh, Cassandra Peterson, who I always say as if I'm in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, (laughs) um, had a super rich life before she was reborn as the Mistress of Darkness. Um, during her teens, she worked as a go-go dancer at a local gay bar. How that came about, she does not even know, but the gay bar was called the Purple Cow. <laughs> Great. Um, and then uh, she was a Vegas showgirl um, and very def- uh, briefly dated Elvis Presley. Wow. That's one of those things where you're like, Elvira dated Elvis Presley. Time wow. is different yeah. from how I it's think the, time like, runs. It's the Cleopatra yeah. was closer yeah. to us than to the building yeah. of the pyramids kind yeah. of thing. You're like, wait, is that? Yeah. She was a Bond girl. Also, Elvis liked to date a young lady. True. She true. did say that. Creepily when you read young. her, when you read her <laughs> comments about it, she like has no problem making fun of that, which is yeah. funny because she was in that relationship. Um, <laughs> she was a Bond girl um, as a Vegas girl in Diamonds Are Forever. Yep. Mm. 
She was a cover girl for a Tom Waits album, Small Change, though mm-hmm. she does not remember doing that. <laughs> but she says it is her. Um, before <laughs> And uh, for a while, she moved to Italy and formed two different uh, Italian rock bands and also befriended Fellini while she was there. Oh, huh. as one does. Yeah. As one does. So eventually she returned to L.A. Um, and joined the Groundlings, the famous uh, improv troupe. And she created a Valley Girl type character, and that's what she was famous for, um, which she would bring into her Elvira persona mm-hmm. as well. So um, this is 81 now. So Larry Vincent, who was Sinister Seymour, who would have been on this list if it could be longer, was uh, had died six years ago, leaving L.A. without leaving L.A.'s uh, weeknight horror program. Uh, Fright Night Without Host. They'd hmm. just been running without him. And the producers felt like it had been a respectful amount of time to look for a new person to host. And they emerged, they went back and asked uh, Vampira if she would come and revive the show. But she, as we recall, has like very definite ideas about how she wants to do things. And like there were just creative differences they could not they couldn't figure make it out. work. And she ditched out. Although, after she saw Elvira, she would send them a cease and desist letter, which uh, would not hold up in the courts, um, to the studio because she felt like Elvira was ripping off her shtick. Can, can you imagine how nice the tile would have been on that set? Can you imagine how nice the tile would have been on that set? She's not wrong. I mean, well, their personalities are way different. And I feel like it's very, It's. A, I think it's more of an homage, but I kind of get where Vampyra stood in that. I understand why, especially early on, it would make me furious. Yeah. But, but then again, you're like, you're being Morticia Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, everything is everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I understand. So, Elvira is allowed to stand. Um, and I think part of that, I don't think ever uh, Cassandra Peterson was, pl- Peterson was planning on <laughs> replicating, like, what Vampira yes. did. But I think that there was impetus to make it very far different, mm-hmm. to pull it completely differently. Um, so she created sort of this, like, she was inspired by Sharon Tate uh, a lot and created sort of this valley girl figure. Obviously, she's most well known, I, I would say, because she wore, like, really low cut, really tight, uh, tight fitting, um, high slit up the side, like the skirt, uh, gowns and she would make jokes about it like she would talk about she'd make jokes about like her boobs and things like that would it surprise you to know that uh cassandra peterson has um a skin graph over 35 percent of her body i am legitimately shocked to find that out when she was one and a half years old um she was she was in the kitchen and she pulled like a boiling pot of water down on herself and so she burned got burned had to have skin grafts and she says that the elvira costume is like purposefully cut only to show the good bits oh Oh. Hmm. they're all good bits but it's interesting right like because that for me changes a lot about how i feel about her Hmm. about those cuts yeah yeah the cuts of those dresses. it changes it a lot because like i'm like oh like this woman is like has a totally different like it's not i don't know i think it's very easy to um sort of write elvira off as like male fantasy yes but I think Cassandra Peterson. But that's really interesting thinking about her cleavage because yeah. it does like specifically. Well, and Cassandra Peterson does not have big boobs. She doesn't have a fake boob. She does not have a boob job. Basically, she has the world's craziest wonder bra. She says she stuffs everything in her bra except the kitchen sink, and like the thing you see are literally all of her boobs, huh. <laughs> like mushed to the middle, and then everything else is padded out to the sides. 
Interesting. I, I feel that. I mean, I, that <laughs> yeah, that's kind that's, of a, yeah, yeah. I want to have big boobs. That's what that looks like for yeah. me, too. I am shocked to hear that because I've seen that Tom Waits album cover. <laughs> and I'm a little bit surprised to learn that. <laughs> well, they, I, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, it shows kind of a lot. Uh, um, apparently, how how fuzzy is it? Does it look like a white diamond? Oh, it's pretty sharp. No, Does it's, it look like a white diamond? <laughs> Um, so uh, and also so she kind of did this thing where she was like a little bit like punk but also a little bit valley girl very sarcastic very um, satirical type of commentary Um, and of course because this is now the 80s she can get away with and also explicitly for adults as opposed to kind of walking that line between like four kids four not kids Mm -hmm. she was um like made a million risque jokes. Yes. Yeah. That was her main thing. Um, How scripted was she? Do you know? This, that's a good question. She is very scripted, but she and uh, her ex-husband, who still manages her, very um, Fran Drescher uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, Lucille Ball of her, um, <laughs> wrote all everything. Okay. So... Elvira's Movie Recob ran for five seasons in the 80s. Uh, it was the station's number one show. Peterson wanted a raise. She was paid the same from day one to season five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the station wouldn't give her one, but agreed to let her retain all the rights of the character, and which would allow her to appear on Those other shows <laughs> and endorse <laughs> products. Those but dumb like, assholes. But also, like, why didn't they give her a raise? She left. She walked after five seasons because yeah. they were like, we're not going to pay you anymore. And she was like, well, I have creative control over this character, so, like, I'm going to walk. Yeah. Which was a great plan i mean thank god she was smart enough to get those that creative oh my control God, yeah yeah well i guess i was like kind of always and they that i was like one of the things like she was like well if you're not gonna give me a raise you can't take this away from me this was like our agreement day one so yes. if you don't want to revise my contract that stays too which is very smart because of course elvira was is a huge lucrative brand um here are just a few things that elvira uh was attached to um, in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Halloween costumes, obviously. Comic books, action figures, trading cards, beer, pinball machines, Halloween decor, modeling kits, calendars, perfume, cars, and dolls. <laughs> <laughs> dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. Barbies, but yeah. Like, it's like how there was an MC Hammer uh, doll slash action figure, but doll. And cartoon. Doll. Oh, yeah. Hammerman. Mm. Yeah. She has since uh, gone on to make two Elvira films, um, do a round of reality television with the search for the next Elvira, and return for yet another round of... Um, so I take, I take it that didn't go well, <laughs> since she's still around. It sounds like it was actually kind of interesting. I tried to find clips of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's her and then two drag queens that dress like her called Manviras, <laughs> and that they judge everything. Sounds okay. great. Uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds I mean, great. Um, and then she would come back and do another round of Elvira's movie Macabre hmm. in the 2010s when I guess they were willing to pay her more. She's also done something for Hulu hmm. uh, where yeah. she does like an Elvira's pick of Huluween, which I haven't seen either. Um, but Peterson um, considers her is, is a gay icon, right? Yes. Elvira is yeah. a gay icon. Um, and she talks about how, like, that's, like, kind of her favorite part of her fandom. She t- Like, I read this interview where she's talking a lot about how, like, being Elvira and aging in Hollywood is weird because, like, her her costume, she can wear it for a really long time because it, like, is so stylized. Yeah. So she still can be Elvira and wants to be Elvira as long as she can be because it's fun. Yeah. But she's like, but it's also weird because, like, the realities of aging in Hollywood and being a woman 
are tough. Yes. And as a sex, a sexy character do, doing that, it's like a weird space. So her favorite thing is that it's there's like kind of this gay connection to it, and like no matter how she basically like no matter how old I get, I feel like I can always count on hmm. the gay audiences to want to see me. Hmm. To so be sweet. fair, yeah. if if that were me, like wouldn't that be your ambition in life, like? If some anybody, if any drag queen ever dressed up as any character you ever oh my created, gosh, amazing. it would have been like career highlight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, of course, like calling back to the purple cow, she says that she was raised um, and her career is completely because of yes. the wild pack of drag crew queens who raised her, quote unquote. <laughs> um, and then she, I'll end with this quote from her, which I thought was really funny. I've always said that guys had posters for me in their bedroom, and it's either because they wanted to do me or they wanted to be me. And right around puberty, they decided which one it was going to be. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, we didn't talk about her crazy wig. Oh, her beehive. Her crazy beehive, which is like six stories tall. Yeah. Do you know why she wears it? It's because she's short. Is it? Because she's short short in real life. And so, like, she has to have that. She needs a little extra. Yeah. So she says that people usually don't recognize her because, well, right. And she has, like, red hair, too, right? She has red hair and she's little. She's, like, five foot two. Hmm. I believe that. Like, she is a tiny, she seems like a tiny person. Tiny person. Yes. Yeah. Elvira. Elvira. What? Any comments? No, I. I, yeah, I've I've never like super been into horror hosts, so she's the one that I know, of course. And she's like, you know, she is who we know. She was our like f- the first right. for us. I kind of I don't know. I I, I felt bad because I feel like after I began to learn about the earlier hosts, that I might be disappointed uh, when I learned more of the details of Elvira. And I I wasn't. I was actually no. like she she really is like she's a wild life. She's, yeah, she's fantastic, and like she truly is like a um, she she is she is. Clearly, one to take up this 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 crown. Um, Although now, I mean, it's who's going to pick it up after her? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Not all these not all these dorks that I'm watching on this <laughs> this horror host documentary. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, but oh. they should get like some comedians or things in there. Like that, oh, yeah. the fact that she's a comedian is why she's memorable. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that is a good segue into my category, which is not particularly clever, but I think does speak to the truth of the situation, which is simply a uh, Goriana reincarnate, because she is clearly like both both from a like explicitly <laughs> historical perspective, uh, sort of an attempt to recreate the the wonder and charm of Empire, but also like is of the ones on the list, she's the only one who was able to hold the broader culture's attention to the same degree and have that level of impact, I think so. Yeah, I mean, she almost yeah. did it better. Like, nobody watched respects, Elvira yeah. for the movies. Yeah, no. Which, uh, you can make that argument for any of these, but, like, specifically for yeah. Elvira, at this that point, is true. Because at this point, like, we'd already had the generation of kids who, like, were making movies based on the movies they saw mm-hmm. yeah. on Friday night. So, like, this was, this was not... New territory. Yeah, this is not new. Exactly. I called this, I'm a mouse, duh. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think she would like that joke, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was really created for her. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense. Uh, this is my other bookend for perversion subversion, um, but I don't think she's too cool for ghouls. That's not no. her the way that she did it. I think instead she sort of plays into the male gaze, but then, like, kind of messes it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, male gaze. <laughs> oh, but I'm bummed. But I called it perversion subversion subversion colon mud for peeping toms. She puts a little mud in a peeping tom's eye. Yeah, she Very gives nice. him something to look at, but then <laughs> <laughs> squirts it with blood. I think it's you, Andrew. Oh well, I will take it. 
I, I think the reincarnate part is mm. really right. solid. Yes. There you go. There you go. Oh, flipping right, guys. We, we did, did it. it. We did All it. of them. Yay! Congratulations. Spooky. Always, we appreciate your listenership. Keep it up. We got more to talk about. Um, and if you have not, for some reason, subscribed to us on whatever platform you're checking it out, uh, please do. We're available on all the big ones. Uh, really, all of them, I think so. So Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, others. Uh, check us out. And of course, please give us a rating or review. That helps us out immensely. Uh, thank you so much. Happy Halloween. Have a safe and happy Halloween. Fun. Make Safe, no, fun. Don't wear too dark Safe, of a costume. Fun. Have <laughs> fun. Don't eat too many little square-shaped Snickers. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Outrageous.